We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 250. Our guest today has always had a love for America's wild horses and now has the pleasure of being a part of rehoming the wild horses and Mustangs through the Mustang Heritage Foundation, which is also known for their super famous program, the Extreme Mustang Makeover. So here to talk about her life and her involvement with Mustangs and rehoming wild horses, here is our guest today, Ann Souders. Well, I am so excited to talk Mustangs. I would love to hear all about the foundation, but first let's rewind. I'd love to hear how you first kind of found yourself in the equestrian world. Well, I grew up in the Midwest. I, I live in Texas now, but I tell people I'm a Yankee born Texan. <laughs> so um, I grew up in the Midwest and I was a preacher's daughter right in the, the Bible Belt of America and um, in the land of corn and beans as I tell people, and all around us were animals and livestock and cows and horses. And I was just always that girl that loved Roy Rogers and my friend Flicka and Fury on Saturday and wanted a horse more than anything. And uh, I was about the only one in my immediate family that was horse crazy. And so I got to get a horse, a pony first and then a horse. And then I went off to college and got married. And you know how that is. Other things come take precedent over sure. your horse love and we happened to move to an equestrian neighborhood in Fort Worth and boy I just got flooded and so we went horse shopping and I got a horse and my husband got one and then not too long after that I heard of this event coming to Fort Worth called the Extreme Mustang Makeover and I'm like I've got to go to this I've always wanted a uh Mustang. I've always wanted to see a Mustang and I belong to some activist groups and um, really tried to um, help on their behalf to keep the Mustangs free. And so we went to our very first um, Extreme Mustang Makeover in 2007, which was the first one. Then in 2008, my husband and I both competed. And in 2009, I started working for Mustang Heritage Foundation. Amazing. How did you get in touch with the foundation? Um, well, they just knew me from competing and being part of them. And I would send them fun little faxes and do little singing grant telegrams to them to encourage them and thank them for what they were doing. And uh, you see, I, I used to be an activist and fought for the Mustangs freedom that they would not be gathered and managed and left wild. And once I did the makeover and had some long conversations with knowledgeable people who educated me, I realized how important that really is for their safety and their well-being. And then I, I wanted to be part of it. I, I wanted to educate other people like I was not. And so that's kind of what happened when I um, did my first makeover in 2008. Wow. Tell me a little bit about that process, how it was for you doing it for your first time. What are maybe some 
thoughts or learning curves or expectations you had and and then tell me how it went. Well, first of all, my husband and I are not horse trainers. We love them and we are great gentlers and we have four, but we're not really quote unquote horse trainers. And what I love about it is when I went to pick up our Mustangs wild, they never asked our resume or ever asked me how many years training I had behind me. So, um, I soon found out that they were the teacher and helped Jim and I learn. And as long as we were consistent and we tried hard and we used a loving leadership program with them. And um, I had a lot of people around me to help guide us with the makeovers and everything. So it, it was really amazing. And I did an in-hand program where I did not ride mine because it was just a yearling, which was great for me. And, uh, it really went really great. The horses are great teachers and they never rolled my eyes at me one time when I messed <laughs> up. So uh, we learned a lot and everybody around us was so willing to help and to come over, take their time, help us see what we could do better. It, it's a pretty amazing family. That's so cool. Um, and then since your first makeover experience in 2008, were you a part of it in the years following? I did not compete. My husband did. Okay. But when you go to work for MHF, um, then you are no longer able to compete because we're there working and, you know, um, being part of it in a different capacity. Okay. Got it. Can you tell me a little bit about what you would say is kind of the goal of the foundation and what you do for the wild horses and burrows? Yes. Uh, Mustang Heritage, our goal and um, what we try to do is we like to place wild horses and burrows in private care and good responsible homes through our programs and events that we have and also through our education. And that is our goal. That's what we are, our foundation is based on. And uh, I'm very proud to say we've been very successful at that over the last few years. For those listening who might be unfamiliar, what is currently going on with the American Wild Horses and Burrows? Why are so many being kind of round up and held in pastures and corrals by the, I believe it's the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management? Yes, I would love to address that. Um, they are on about 27 million acres in the West, and in 10 states in the West. And they're protected on those acres that are government land. And, you know, Wild Horse Annie did that in 1971. She got protection for all the wild horses as long as they are on the government land. And so because that land is mostly desert, you see very, very few people that live out there because the conditions are tough, that land can really only hold about 29,000 wild horses safely. Hmm. And besides all the other, you know, animals and um, different creatures that are out there. And right now we have over 86,000 in the wild. Wow. So that's why the Bureau of Land Management needs to manage them, um, round them up, bring them in, um, put them up so we can help get them adopted so that those that are out there have enough vegetation and water to survive safely. There's obviously a lot of controversy, it seems, around the Roundup practices. Do you think there is a way to properly manage the wild horse populations while also, you know, taking great care of these horses? 
Well, I will tell you this. I think right now we are doing the very best we can. I'm a firm believer in our, our country and what we do. However, Americans are not, have not been very good stewards of anything. Our land, our country, our animals, our families, how we live our lives. I, we need to try harder and do better. And right now we're doing the best we can. And the Bureau of Land Management is working hard. You know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Mustangs in the wild have a chance of doubling in size every four years. And so that makes it really tough in trying to keep the herds and the management down. And so right now, between what them trying to manage and bringing them in and and us and some other groups trying to help get them adopted, we're really doing the best we can right now. Obviously, there are maybe the controversial practices, but it sounds like it's a requirement to be able to work closely with the Bureau of Land Management. Why is it so important to have kind of that collaborative relationship? Well, actually, we're kind of partners with them. We're a foundation off of them. And um, they are really the experts. And we help. We need each other. We help each other out. And I will tell you, Bethany, this is one thing that I didn't really know about or was educated on when I was fighting to keep them wild. I didn't realize, you know, we all grow up thinking it's this imaginary, wonderful life in the wild. I'd never been out there. I had never seen it. And it's heartbreaking Hmm. when you see the conditions that some of these horses live in. It's, uh, you don't walk away the same. I will tell you that. And Although I love Mustangs, I love what I do and I'm passionate about it, I want them to have a good life. Do I want them free? You bet your boots. But I want them safe. And I want them to take, they're part of our history and our heritage. So I want them to be in the very best condition they can be in. And I I am so grateful that my three Mustangs wake up every morning in Paradise, Texas to plenty of water plenty of food and a few carrots now and then. A big part of the foundation is obviously finding homes for the wild horses and burrows that are rounded up. What would you say makes an ideal home for a wild Mustang? Well, good question. (laughs) I think a great home, first of all, you have to have the facility. (laughs) And I know not all of us are capable of having that. Many people don't realize when you pick up a horse that's wild, you have to have a six-foot fence. Now, once they are gentled and you can halter and do the basic gentling practices um, like our tip program, after that, you no longer have to have the the six-foot fence. But you need to have a safe um, environment for them to be in. You need to be a little bit versed in um, equines and horses. And to have some Mustang experience, I think, is a big plus. And then we have plenty of people that are out here that can help everybody. Because if there's a will, there's a way. I I am firsthand knowledge of that. Mm -hmm. And when you have a passion and you love it and you have the facility for them, we can help you do the rest. Sure. So let's say someone does have the facility and they are interested in adopting. How can someone get started and what are some things that those people should know before adopting? 
Well, I would really get involved with Mustang Heritage in one way or the other, volunteer at our events, get to meet some of our trainers, follow us online and through all the many Mustang pages, and then get with a knowledgeable trainer or someone um, like call me or Amanda or somebody with an organization. We can help you find out what you want, what your needs are, and then we will set you up by helping you with your facility, getting it ready. And then I usually recommend to new people to go through our TIP program, which is the trainer incentive program. That way you're getting a wild Mustang, but it's already been gentled. And for many people, that's the scary part is picking up a wild Mustang. And so you can even be part of, with the TIP program before your Mustang is picked up. Find a TIP trainer and then you be part of the process with them. I, I really encourage that because that helps you learn, helps you grow, and helps the Mustang get used to you. And it's surprising what you can learn and what people can teach you. And I really recommend going to our TIP program for that. Since the beginning of 2020, my friend Leah from Dapple Bay and I hosted our very first equestrian workshop. And yes, it was about a week before COVID hit the U.S. and shut down everything. So we squeaked in an in-person workshop and have since had several in-person weekend workshops where we get together with 10 to 15 other female equestrian businesswomen to talk marketing, social media, and strategy. It has been absolutely life-changing for both Leah and I and all of the attendees involved. We've had amazing, amazing response and growth from the time our attendees walk into the workshop to when they leave. And then the year following, we have seen amazing growth and really narrowing in on each individual's business and how to grow through marketing and social media. We would love to have you take part in our next workshops. We have two coming up, one in September of this year in Salt Lake City, Utah, and another one early next year in Florida. So if you are interested, make sure you get on our email list so that you can be the first to know all the details because spots fill up very quickly. We rent a big Airbnb and all of us stay over together and the amount of community and connection we get from this workshop alone is worth its weight in gold. I'm telling you, if you get a group of 15 equestrian businesswomen together, it's amazing how many connections there are in one room. So for more information, visit our website at equestrianworkshop.com. Get on our email list and sign up as soon as spots open for that Salt Lake City in September and that Florida workshop early next year. What do you feel like is something that people might get wrong about wild Mustangs? What, what's kind of uh, some of the concepts that maybe are a little misunderstood? I will tell you about myself. I just wanted them to stay free. Had no idea the conditions of the land they lived on mm -hmm. or what it was like. And, you know, we romanticize that. Yeah. How wonderful it is to be free and out there and everything. And um, we don't really know what it's like unless you've been there and see it. We don't know. And I'm so grateful that I've learned the more I go out in the wild, the more I see them. And, and trust me, 
I'm not saying I want all the wild horses gathered because nobody loves going out to see them in the wild more than me. You can ask any of my friends or family. My heart is there. Actually, people tease me about my heart being in Wyoming because that's where my three Mustangs are from. Hmm. And I love going out there and I love seeing their families and parts of each of the herds that my Mustangs came from. That, that's just inside me. But I want them to be safe. And I want them to all have a good life. And they cannot have that unless they're managed hmm. because they're on a limited amount of ground. We've just, America's just outgrown everything and pushed back. And, and we see that every day on the news with wild animals of some sort. Mm -hmm. And so I think the biggest concept that people don't realize is just because they're free does not mean everything is wonderful and they have a great life. Right. Freedom has many faces. Yeah, that's a really good point. You have several programs that really help facilitate the adoption of wild horses, including the Extreme Mustang Makeover. What is this program? Kind of break it down. I know it's a super popular program now, but break it down for maybe someone who doesn't know a lot about it or hasn't experienced it firsthand and why it is so important to the foundation. Absolutely. I tell you, I love the extreme Mustang makeovers. I love going. Mm. I, um, I could talk all day about this. We have a wonderful <laughs> time and the extreme Mustang makeover is it was started with a hundred trainers and a hundred days and a hundred Mustangs. And now we've revamped that a little bit because we have smaller makeovers and larger makeovers. And actually, Bethany, we have one in September, the 8th through the 10th right here in Fort Worth at Will Rogers. And oh, yeah. I would love to invite you and anybody. This is going to be an amazing makeover. I can't wait to see it and be part of it. But everybody will, has picked up their horses and you sign up to get involved in this. When you get okayed as a trainer and they will send you an email, they will send you a number. And with this particular makeover, you will go to the facility closest to you where there's wild mustangs, a BLM facility, you hand them your paperwork, they get your number, then they find the mustang in the draw that you drew through your number. So, cause you didn't get to pick in this particular way we did it this time. Hmm. Then you pick this mustang home, you take it home and you have 100 days to gentle it, train it, bring it back to Fort Worth and compete in a competition. And then we will have the top 10 announced and on Saturday evening, the top 10 of the adults will perform a freestyle and we'll pick a champion from that. Wow. Now we also have a youth division, eight years old to 17 and the youth get to pick yearlings and oh my gosh, our youth are our rock stars. I mean, their performances are so amazing. What they can do with a wild yearling Mustang. Hmm. I, if you have a chance, you need to go to YouTube and you Google Extreme Mustang Makeover Youth. It will just blow your socks off. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. Do you have a favorite success story about a horse adopted through the programs? Oh my goodness, which one should I pick? <laughs> you had to pick just one. <laughs> I know. Well, I will tell you one story that has always been dear to my heart. A young boy, nine years old from um, Tennessee, he 
had a few learning disabilities and it had some situations going on at school and his mother was distraught he was being bullied had a hard time and contemplated taking his life at nine years old wow. and they read about this program and thought we're going to get him involved in this and they did and i remember her calling on the phone and i was answering the phone at the time from mustang heritage and she told me they'd only had the horse like three days because it was still pretty wild and they woke up in the night and he was not in his bed and they kept looking and looking for him oh. he was out asleep in the stall with that yearly no way yes and it has changed his life and their life i'm it, it is amazing and yeah. you know bethany what's really what i love about what i do is i get to see how god works miracles through a wild horse hmm. because i tell people all the time we're doing this to help the wild mustangs but actually they're helping us mm -hmm. they changed our lives it's it's just pretty amazing absolutely yeah what what a cool thing to be able to witness um for years and years that's that's so incredible what would you say is the best way for listeners to be able to support the mustang heritage foundation well you can go to our website mustangheritagefoundation.org and look on different programs you can make donations you can help volunteer at our events you can everybody is welcome to contact me and it's ann at mustangheritagefoundation.org is my email or you can find me on facebook and i know trainers all over that could use help that can use volunteers to help them we can use volunteers at our events you you don't have to have a wild mustang even though we would love that sure. to help and be part of our program because we realize not everybody you know lives on a ranch or lives where they sure. can have wild horses but you can still be part of our programs by helping us out by first of all being educated because that's what helped me the most hmm. was being educated on what needed to be done and what we do and then we would love to have you help us. Um, we always love donations, of course, to help us get this done. But we want to educate as many people as we can and let them see the amazing things that a wild Mustang can do for you. Mm -hmm. What would you say is something that you are especially passionate about with wild Mustangs that you feel like other people in the industry either just don't talk a lot about or don't know enough about? It's the education on why we do this. Because mm. see, I I didn't know. I, I loved wild mustangs. I, I thought I knew everything about it. Mm -hmm. I was calling my governors and my senators and wrote letters to the president and all kinds of things to help keep them free. And in 2008, when I competed, my judge was the horseman, Ken McNabb. And he came and sat me down and he said, Ann, I heard you're members of several popular activist groups. And do you know what you're really doing? And I thought I did. And after Ken talked to me and told me about what was happening in the wild with the horses and how they needed managed and they were overpopulated and they're in desert conditions, I had never heard any of that. And 
it really took me back because if you know Ken McNabb or anything about him, you know what a, a good, strong Christian man he is. I knew he was telling me the truth, mm-hmm. yet these were words I'd never heard before. Wow. And so it's important that we all get educated and know, does Mustang Heritage want there to always be wild horses? Absolutely. Hmm. They're part of our heritage, but we want them to be managed. We want them to be in safe environments. And so because of that, and because they reproduce, because that's just what wild horses do, um, we have to have programs to help get them adopted by people. And now that I've seen what they have done for people, oh my goodness, it's, I'm very blessed to get to do what I do Mm -hmm. and see what I do and hear the stories and get to meet all the fabulous people. It's, It's just really a blessing. And I'm passionate about the education because the more people are educated, the better we can be and the better management we can help do for America's Mustangs. Definitely. Wow. Well, Anne, that is so amazing. I love how it has really been full circle for you and for the foundation. You, it's. I feel like in the equestrian world, it's. it's almost like you go into it thinking you know a lot and then it's like the more you find out the more you realize you don't know and the more that you need to learn and so I think that's incredible that you've been able to um, become so well versed when it comes to Mustangs and when you know it was really instilled in you as a passion and something that you were really passionate about and now you've had the opportunity to work with such an incredible foundation and have been able to learn so much about Um, their lives and and ways you can help and really make an impact. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing and I wish you all the best. Well, Bethany, thank you so much for letting us come on and tell our story and share our passion and our love for these amazing horses. And I'd like to invite you and everybody else to get to Fort Worth to see the makeover. And someday if you're out where there's wild horses, I recommend everybody take time and go visit and see the lands they come from and the lack of vegetation and water, and it will really help you understand the need we have. Wow, absolutely. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast, and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you next week.